0: Okay, so, welcome everyone. Um, We've been doing principles this year, just for those that haven't been here, for all the teachings. So, principles. Principles is something that should remain unchanging from generation to generation. We have eternal truths, and those are truths that are true in heaven. And the Bible gives us those, and it calls it mysteries, and the Bible is built around eternal truths. But then, so this is what happens. We have two realities. As reborn, recreated children of God, we have two realities, each one of us. We have the reality that we have been baptized into Messiah, and we already have received our eternal life. So there's a me me, that is, has already been perfected in Messiah in the heavenly places. So I'm not waiting one day to be, to be perfected, because I've been baptized into Messiah. So that's why the Word says we have been sanctified and we are being sanctified. So now we're sitting with this reality that there's a dividing line, and this is earth, and then there's the kingdom. And so although I've been baptized into Messiah and I now can live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit according to what is true in the kingdom. So everybody understands. We've got to make sure before we continue that the kingdom of God is in existence right now. Okay, so we've got to check in our our minds that there's no idea that the kingdom of God is empty until we all get there. (laughs) Okay, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, so the, the, the population of heaven isn't going to all of a sudden increase by a billion people at the end of the days. I mean, that's going to take some administration and organization. No, uh, the kingdom of heaven is in existence now. We understand that. So we have this um, seemingly contradicting reality that we have the Holy Spirit in us And we live in this world in the flesh according to what has been given and done for us the finished work of Messiah so he's finished my salvation I have to live that out here and this becomes a process I have to learn renew the mind and I have to be changed into his image okay and this is where principles comes in so the eternal truths are always true in the kingdom of heaven, in the spiritual realm, the spiritual kingdom. Eternal truth, always true there. Okay. So grace has always been the same, and righteousness the same, and justice the same, according to His standard. But principles is what we live out here. So it's the eternal truths uh, in application. Eternal truths applied. That's what principles are. So what we do is, you'll see that we speak about principles and then you go like, but it sounds like eternal truth. It's because it's the eternal truth, how you walk it out here. So there's an eternal truth of righteousness. Only Messiah is righteous and He gives us His righteousness and then according to that righteousness we have a life uh, span in which we have to walk out a straight narrow road. God's will for our lives, that's righteousness. If you go from the road to the left or the right, that's unrighteousness. Finishing the road according to His will, remaining steadfast and focused, that means you've lived a righteous life. Easy to understand. The principle of righteousness is I've got to walk the road. So we did the principle of progression, progression. Progressing. With other words, moving forward. The principle of moving forward, progressing. Then we did the principles of how do you measure progressing last week we did the principle of confession confessing your sin or your faults with other words admitting to god what you need to change acknowledging what the holy spirit is doing with you acknowledging it back to him that's confession and then uh, when we have the need we acknowledge what the lord is doing in our hearts and in our lives to each other so that the light can come into the darkness and we can see the change. Mm. So confessing and repentance. Repentance coming back to God firstly and back to His ways not secondly but the same. Mm. Okay. Now today we're going to do a principle that might seem almost like the same thing but it's important to add one thing to another Mm. so that the right order can be put in place for us. Okay, I'm going to hand over to you, tell us what the principle
1: yes okay so today we're doing the principle of
0: continuance continuance
1: so we've been looking at the principle of progressing and it's like this it was more of an extreme you're either moving forward or you're not and uh, we talked on it for quite a while so that we can start identifying that maybe you know if we feel stuck then we're actually stuck and be, to be able to admit that and to come to the reality and the acknowledgement that we are in fact supposed to be moving forward. So the principle of progressing comes into play when we realize we feel like we're stuck or we've been moving back or whatever but we haven't been moving forward into the things of God. We haven't been growing or maturing as we should have. And uh, and then we said so that principle is kind of like an umbrella principle which then leads you to other principles that you can start implementing. Um, because the reason you're not progressing is probably because you haven't been implementing something else and so we've been starting to look at the those different levels but so today we're doing the principle of continuance and what it's going to come down to is this we're gonna give the punchline then we're gonna illustrate because it just works better so we need to pay attention to not to not mistake uh, or confuse um, not progressing with being in a process so I'll explain so it might feel to us sometimes in our faith journey in our walk that we're stuck oh I'm coming around this mountain again where I've been here before am I not moving am I stuck It might be that maybe you're just looking at the same view of the mountain because you haven't moved forward or backwards but you might be coming around the mountain again which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it might be the process that god is leading you in now obviously there are dangers to this we can't just assume because oh i'm here again it must be because of the process we're going to look at this continuance thing but so what we want to now do is if we feel like well i've been you know okay so many of us have said the following you come and you say or anyone comes and they say i feel like i have overcome this i've gone through this before why am i going through this again why is this happening again i thought i've dealt with this why is it coming up again why again 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 and it might be because we're stuck which we're not taking off the table but it might also be because you are actually in a process of god teaching you building character sanctifying your heart and we're going to look
0: and the in Bible now. in holding <laughs> with our process we're going to go back to Deuteronomy so we are also at the same time implementing a mindset where we consider the uh, what we call the old testament which is really just the five, first five books the torah and the prophets and now that we have worked our way through the apostles or the apostolic books we want to make sure that we are, have a good combination of all the scriptures, because truth remains the same throughout the Bible, and there's a continuance from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. Everybody knows that, but we need to we, know, we need to understand we need to understand this. We need to work according to it. There's a continuance of things from the beginning of the Bible to the end, and we cannot. When we read the Old Testament and go like, oh, it's Old Testament, it's not applicable to us anymore, but we're going to read it anyways. There's truths that develop into the truths that we see in the New Testament. We've got to keep all of this in mind. We have matured to a place where we can. Maybe before I do this, can we change the sequence a little bit? Can you do the Moses, Paul, Peter comment quickly?
1: Okay. See where the continuance in the Bible. Okay, so in Deuteronomy 31, from verse 1. So this is now towards, okay, well, let's just read. You're going to see the context. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I'm 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. Also the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. Now just quickly side note, because this is great, and we I don't know when we're going to read this again. So everyone here obviously knows by now that we've gone from Jesus to restoring his Hebrew name. The name that the angel gave to Mary and so we we went to Yeshua for a while but um, we've come to now use the full Yahushua um, as his name was given and um, Joshua that we see here in the Old Testament it has come to light that it in fact his name had the exact same spelling so his name was also actually Yahushua as a foreshadowing of the one that would lead the people of God into the promised land. Um, And then later we have a high priest, also Yahushua, which is the foreshadowing of our Yahushua as the high priest. So this is one of those moments. So I'm going to read this verse again because, wow, okay.
0: So Moses uses the name the first time when they come through the Red Sea. So they come out of Egypt, the water parts, they come into the wilderness. And he uses the name Yahushua Yahushua for the first time because it means Yahweh's salvation, Yahweh saves. Yahweh is my Savior. But now they go into the wilderness. So Moses brings the people out of Egypt into the wilderness. Yahushua becomes his and the people's Savior. But then as a foreshadowing of the New Testament, Yahushua takes them through the Jordan into the promises of God. So this is very significant because we see in Galatians that the law was a tutor that brings us to faith. Mm -hmm. So as Moses brings them to the law and the time of the law, the circles of order in the wilderness, so Yahushua brings them through the Jordan into the promises of God. So it lines up with New Testament Galatians. They're making sense. Well it lines nice, the whole
1: New Testament. But okay. Yeah. So let's read. So it says verse three um, The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess them. Yahushua himself crosses over before you just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites and their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. This is Holy Spirit reference. Joshua says the same thing in John.
0: For those that have been walking this road of faith where we firstly had to face the reality that the baptism for us is death, a true, real death, and a true resurrection. And we made the choice, the decision, not to stay in the wilderness and take the baptism of repentance, where we're hoping that being baptized will make us right with God. This second baptism, this true baptism, is the baptism where You lay down the person that you are with all the flesh. And you put your trust and your hope in uh, Yahushua being willing and able to resurrect you and save you from being worldly and earthly. And He gives you a place in the kingdom of God as part of the household and the people, the nation of God. Now we all know that after that, what happens? Does it uh, sometimes get a little bit hard and scary? We face challenges. We have to overcome uh, the things of our own heart and the things things of our flesh. I look around this room and I know that many of the people here has had to really make hard decisions. And that is why he tells them before they go into the promised land, they're going to go into the land flowing with milk and honey. And he says to, to them, be courageous, be strong. So when it comes to God's promises, we know that He's good and He's going to strengthen us. He's going to change us. He's going to give us courage. But the fact is, we're going to fight battles. We're going to go into wars. Because we are still in a world where the devil and his powers and principalities are ruling the world. There's a world system that is not based on the kingdom that is ruling the world. So I'm going to make it very clear for those that are looking at, still looking at how to serve God, it takes courage. Um, they always used to say Christianity is not for sissies. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, the true faith walk is only for euros. Only for euros. Okay. Right. Now listen to this. Just I'm going to let you continue. Hear what he's saying here.
2: Okay, but we yeah. but come I, know. I know. Okay.
0: So, hear what he's saying. <laughs> listen to what Peter's saying. Peter's saying, um, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Now, listen to what happens next. Continue with your, your thing.
1: Okay. Verse 7. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel Be strong and of good courage you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them and you shall cause them to inherit it and the Lord he is the one who goes before you he will be with you he will not leave you nor forsake you do not fear nor be dismayed okay so um, earlier this morning we spoke about this I'm gonna go on to two more scriptures now Deuteronomy is mainly written for the the second generation so there's the generation that came out of Egypt And then there's the generation that went into the promised land. Now Deuteronomy is full of Moses explaining that the Lord had promised all these things to them. They were supposed to go into all these promises and some of them they did enter in, but some of them they didn't. And now these are the promises that the second generation can move into. And he's encouraging them to do this. Um, But so what's happening over here is he's called the nation of Israel to him. And he said, so I'm old now and I'm going to die soon but I've commanded you I've given you all the commandments of the Lord I've given you all the instructions everything is written down we've put processes into place keep all of this in mind because you are going to go into the promised land now which is full of the Canaanites still they're huge your fathers didn't want to go and face them at all so this is going not to be the easiest thing in the world but you have all the commandments And you know that the Lord your God goes before you. So be strong and of good courage. Now if we go to 2 Timothy. So the whole. Most of the letter of. To Timothy, that Paul writes to Timothy, is in the same kind of trend. So he's encouraging Timothy but a lot of what he's writing is the following and this is what we see in a few places in the New Testament. So he's writing to Timothy and he says things are going to get worse in the world. They're not going to get better, they're going to get worse. As we draw closer to the end of times, um, imposters and traitors and liars and false prophets and teachers are going to grow worse. They're going to become more and more. And you need to be aware of this. It's no secret. We all know. We've known from the beginning that this is going to happen. It's been this way. It's just continuing. There's a continuance of this. And so if we kind of just pick up at uh, chapter 3 verse 10. We're not going to read everything. But he says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life. Purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, etc., etc. Verse 13. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Messiah Yahushua. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And now we see why he's encouraging Timothy in this way. Go to chapter 4 verse 6. He says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good faith, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his appearance. So we see this is the same picture as Moses encouraging the nation of Israel. So Paul is writing to Timothy, saying things are going to get worse. I'm not going to live forever. The time of my departure is at hand. But you have been instructed in the ways of God. You have all the scriptures. God has made known all his ways. His will is known you know the mysteries, you've seen the manner of my life, you know how to imitate me, you know how to walk this walk. So keep that in mind, continue in the ways that have been given to you, continue in the ways that you have been taught, and you will be fine. And then we see that Peter actually does the same thing with his second letter. So to Peter, the whole construction of the letter, he actually starts, we're not going to read all of it, so we'll just look at the, con- the, the kind of broad stroke content. So he starts with giving the process of a believer's life. The summed up we did, we did, we went through the Peter steps to partaking in the divine nature. We did that last year. So he starts with giving this process, saying to them, okay, here's the process that you have to follow in broad strokes. He can give it to them in broad strokes because they've been, they've been taught all the steps. They know what he's saying when he's saying what he's saying. Then he goes on to verse 12 of chapter 1. He says, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Yahushua Mashiach showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease same thing so he's saying i'm not living forever my time of departure is at hand i'm going to die soon but you have been taught everything obviously these apostles these men of god can't live forever to make sure that the church is doing or the body is doing what it's supposed to be doing but he's saying to them you have been taught the ways of god we know that impostors and false prophets and false teachers, all of this is going to come. We know that things are going to grow worse. This is no secret. We've known from the beginning when they had to go into the promised land, the Canaanites were there. They had to go. They had to fight. Wars were waiting. So it's not going to be easy. There is going to be overcoming that we have to get to. But it's no secret. We know this. We can't get there and go, oh my goodness, it's so difficult. I didn't see this coming. It's been known since the beginning. So he's encouraging them and he's saying to them it is going to get worse we know it's going to get worse but you have been taught the ways of god you have all the scripture his will has been made known his ways have been made known he's not going to change his mind just keep steadfastly to the things that you have been taught and you will get through it
0: everybody see the continuance from moses the thought pattern what he's talking to them about through Paul, through Peter. Okay. It gives us a security because we continuously see how in the Word, everything stays the same. Okay, why? Because God has a plan, and the whole Bible is about the plan. All the processes through every generation for 6,000 years about His plan. Okay, and we as a generation today in a modern world, cannot forget that there is things to come there's promises to come there's tribulation to come we have the book of Revelation to to remind us Yahushua himself keeps saying he's going to come back like a thief in the night we are to live as if we are looking for the day of the Lord every day waiting and expecting it now how easy is it for us to think well one week is the same as the, the, the other week and things just carry on. It's easy. We all can fall into the mindset where things just continue. okay? Because it sometimes feels like it. Uh, Monday starts and it's like, oh, another week of school or work. Then we start looking forward to Friday and we go, it's Friday.
1: Oh, it's Monday.
0: It's Monday. We drudge through and it, oh it's Friday.
1: Oh it's Sunday. It's, Sunday. it's Monday. <laughs> so so Thursday. Yeah,
0: it can easily feel. So and then year <laughs> after year we the school holidays end. Parents and uh, students they all just their lives are ruined by the fact that the school holidays have ended. No, the parents rejoice, the kids don't. And um then the year starts. Year after year, we do the same thing. We start looking forward to the end of the year holiday. Or the first thing I do, 1st of January, I start checking what long weekends is there in the year. <laughs> Anybody else do that? Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, you do. Like long weekends. Yeah, we put our hope in, in that, and, and then we do it again. Okay, so... From from one thing to the other it can look like everything's staying the same, but is it staying the same? It's only staying the same for those in the world. People in the world go through life cycle by cycle.
2: So if that
1: happens is it when there's a continuance without a progression.
0: That's right. Continuance without progression, that's very wise. So we we are not like that because we have growth and there's purpose. We live from one day to the next with purpose. So we get excited about tomorrow and the day after. Um, we prepare. Today I'm preparing for what I envision in three months' time. So I'm not just. so a lot of people think they know that they're going through school or varsity because they're preparing for the future, but it can still feel like I'm just have to I'm just going to do this to get it over with and then get to the next thing. In reality, if we change our minds and we see the continuance, then it becomes easier. Now we're going to look at something very interesting. Also in the book of Deuteronomy, and this is what Moses says to the people. Now remember, he's speaking to the second generation, reminding them of the fact that uh, God brought them out of Egypt, and he promised it to give them a land, a country, a homeland, that would belong to them, and that they'll be blessed in this land. It was the inheritance, the promise that he made to Abraham. But listen what he says to the second generation. He says, uh, chapter 8 of Deuteronomy, verse 1. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. Did you notice the word careful? So we can't fall into a mindset where we just let the days pass. And we go like, Ugh, it's the same as... No, we live, we live carefully, circumspectly. Okay that you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart. whether you would keep His commandments or not. So He humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that He might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but but man, li- man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. What is this saying? What is Moses saying to the people? He says, 40 years is a long time. He's saying, it wasn't just wasted years. It wasn't for nothing. You might have felt like you're just are going in circles in the wilderness. <clears throat> God was busy with a process to humble you. To teach you. And to test you. If you would keep His commandments. And how did He test them? Now, Moses is speaking about the manna. You would think that the Malachites would be the biggest test. And this and that. Saying, manna. He gave you food that you didn't know and your, your fathers didn't even know. You had to learn to become absolutely, absolutely dependent on God's provision, His will, and His plan. Mm. So in the days that you were hungry, it wasn't because there was a problem, it was because there was a plan. In the days when you were thirsty, it wasn't because there was just lack and God forgot to provide for you. He was leading you to the rock, and the water would come out of the rock so that you could drink. And this is where the principle of continuance comes in. How often do we think, but Lord, this problem or obstacle, something that I thought I could fix by praying into it, a situation that I thought I could fix if I just increased in steadfastness of faith, the problem persists. And that's when the principle of continuance should come up in our remembrance because we start wanting to fix things because it's taking too long for us the Lord says that he led them all those years for 40 years through the desert and the wilderness to test their hearts to teach them humility dependence and teach them to trust his ways and his will his plan so that they could learn to keep his commandments this comes in a storyline, and I'm quickly going to give you a summed-up synopsis of the storyline. That's great. So this is what is happening. we in chapter 8. He reminds them of certain things that happened in the storyline. And this is just before he's going to tell the second generation, you have to go across the Jordan into the promises of God. You have to go and inherit the promises. Second generation. He's speaking to. He's old. He's saying, my time is almost up. He had to wait for the second generation to be ready. He had to become 120 years old to teach the second generation the statutes and the laws and the judgments of God. And now they're ready. So Moses is going, thank goodness I can go home. So now the Lord is going... I'm I'm going to remind you of where you come from. And this is the storyline we're looking at. Listen carefully. The first generation was brought by God to the same place, the same river. And God tells them, now go over the river, go and possess the land that I promised you. Go and dispose of, dispossess the nation's that is in the land go fight the wars i will go before you and i will give you this land i will give you victory over your enemies if you read through the first few chapters you'll see that remember the story that they sent the spies into the promised land now most of us would think that was god's idea it wasn't the elders that remember we we spoke about when uh moses father-in-law says to him he must uh, Get the elders, teach them the ways, the laws, and the statutes. Let them rule over the people. So the people start speaking to the elders. When God says, now go over the river, go into the kind of land, I'll go before you. Man of action, let's not wait. The time has come. Let's just do what the plan of God says we should do. The elders come, they go like, uh, the people are thinking we should send spies first. Now you see, what happens is Moses, the wise leader... He goes, he actually says he thought it was a good idea. Not a bad thing. What happens, then if you see through the storyline, the, the spies come back and most of them discourage the people. They say, we can't do this, people are too big, the cities are big. So now what's going to happen is, this, these people are, now later on they say, they went and they complained in their tents because the spies had discouraged them and they come up with the idea that god hated them says they said god hated us brought us out of egypt to destroy us in this land so all of a sudden god's promises looks like a curse all of a sudden god's plan for them looks like god is no longer good That god is no longer faithful god is no longer trustworthy just because they think it's going to be too hard it's looking too hard because god is saying i'm going to expect certain things of you i'm going to expect you to stay in my ways fight wars that I will give you victory, dispose of the enemies, take the land, live in the promises, keep my commandments. They're going like, he hates us because it's so hard. It's no longer good. What happens? This is Listen carefully to what this happens next. God says to him, listen carefully. This is where we want to apply it to our lives. This is where the principle of continuance comes in. So God says, you are rebellious, you, don't, you didn't do what I told you. None of you shall enter into the promised land. All of you shall die in the wilderness and only the second generation shall enter. It's only Joshua and Caleb that will enter into the promised land. Out of all the Israelites, 2.2 million that left Egypt, uh, how many they've increased in the 40 years exponentially. Moses says, you've become like the sand of the of the desert. Now... He says, none of you will enter, only two, the two faithful ones. You know what they do next, these Israelites. They didn't want to enter when God said, go into the promised land, take the land. They didn't want to enter. Now that God says, you won't enter, you're not allowed, I will see you die. Only when you all are dead, we'll continue with the plan. They go, and okay, we'll go. We will fix it. So Moses actually, go read through it, it says... Do you remember the days when God had said, you shall no longer enter, when you determined to now invade the land and go make war? The Lord said, and He says, when you all pitched up and you already dressed in your battle wear with your swords on your side. That's what they did. The Israelites, after God says, no no longer the plan, go back into the wilderness. They go like, now we'll do it. They go and dress in all their battle. They come and they actually form their army with their swords Mm. and god has to tell moses go tell these people not to attack and not to invade because i will not go with them and they will be defeated close shave luckily they listen to moses this time and they go back into the wilderness he tells them exactly where to go and where not to go he still guides them but they die in the wilderness only when they're all dead The second generation is brought back to the place where they should cross the Jordan. And God says to the second generation, now go over and go and take the land. Now this is where the principle of continuance comes in. I'm going to quickly explain to you what we're looking at. How do we implement this in our lives? Sometimes when it feels like we're not progressing, we go like, what do we do? Um, uh, Troubleshooting. We go into troubleshooting mode. Doesn't feel like I'm, I, there's something wrong. I don't feel as close to the Lord as I used to. Or stuff starts going wrong in my life, perceivably. At work maybe. Maybe the cat dies. and Things you, don't have to
1: go the, wrong. It just might happen. get a bit harder.
0: <laughs> so That was just an example grabbed out of there. But anyways. So. So now, my, two of my birds came out. The lady, the lady cleaned, and then the birds came out and escaped, and I was very sad. But, I mean, it wasn't now a sign that God was not happy with me. The birds just escaped. Okay? So I was devastated. But now, what do we do? We are endangered now to go into repentance mode. And we're picking up progressing with the principle of confessing and uh, repentance. We want to get it right, not wrong. Okay? So I get a flat eye. I go like, Lord, I'm repenting of everything. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: all on my face. Yeah. Here I will lie until you let me And know then while
0: I'm busy repenting, I remember, oh my goodness, I had a word for, I don't know, three months ago, I forgot to give it to her, or oh, I was doubtful, I didn't give it to her. Now all of a sudden, I decide I'm going to go give the word, I'm going to go, I forgot I needed to take food to that pregnant lady three years ago, she's no longer pregnant, Kid is this big, now I take, now I take them a lasagna to fix things, sound familiar? Not familiar to anyone,
2: that's
0: what we do. Okay, what did I just do? I got busy with stuff that's not part of the plan right now. It's not what the Holy Spirit is telling me to do right now. I'm fixing things. I'm busy repenting. They were ready to fix their mistake. The whole army was there. They were going to invade Canaan. <laughs> right? It was, they have missed that boat has sailed. God has given new instruction. Okay, if they went into Canaan, they would have been slaughtered. Everything would have happened quicker. The second generation just had to grow up orphans in the desert. And then they could invade the land. Easy plan. Okay, listen. We've got to understand the difference between progressing, being stuck, or just being in the process that the Lord has started with. And we have to understand that we've got to continue through. Okay, now this is the difference between a person continuing in the plan of God. He will have a road that lines up with the concept, the principle of righteousness, faithfulness, truth. It's a straight road. This is the person that don't understand the principle of continuance, but are still trying to serve the Lord. No, Wait. <laughs> zigzag motions. Well, this and that's also. Thank you for saying that. Well. You see, you're bringing us to the next bit of what the progressing continuance fact is. You don't want to run ahead. That's also how you get in trouble. We want to stay in, in the plan. So you can feel like you're progressing really fast. And then you find, okay, where's the rest of the Israelites? Because I'm sitting all alone in the middle of the <laughs> desert.
2: Hello. What happened?
0: Hello. Hello. Or you could decide that you're going to progress really quickly and invade Canaan all on your ace. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for you guys. Okay, so Dead. <laughs> Dead. No euro stuff, just dead. Okay. So that's where we've got to understand that the continuance is for the body. Remember this word. For the body.
1: Can I read a scripture? Yes. So just in chapter 7, the Lord is speaking to them, going like, these are all the blessings, you will go into the promised land. Um, Then he says, uh, verse 20, we pick it up, verse 20. Moreover, the Lord your God will send the hornet among them until those who are left, who hide themselves from you, are destroyed. There's another people in Canaan. You shall not be terrified of them, for the Lord your God, the great and awesome God, is among you. And the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you, little by little. You will be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. So what do we do with this? He takes them through the desert for 40 years because their hearts need to be sanctified they need to be properly humbled so that by the time this generation that needs to enter the promised land gets to enter the promised land they have grown to a certain stature to the holy people of god that they should be in order for them to possess the land that the lord their god is sending them in so this little by little if we look at you know Believers nowadays we read something in the Bible. go like, oh, this is something that I have to overcome in So we go like, thank you Lord Overcoming guah, and now we've overcome. We're mature in this area. We don't have to worry about it anymore But have we grown then if if it did work like that, we know it doesn't work like that We hope that it works like that But now, if it just had to happen like that, we would go like, yes, Lord, this is the promise that I see here. So I take the full promise. It's true for me now because I read it. Hallelujah. Where was the character building? Where was the purifying of the heart? Where was the progressing to maturity? Because often, okay, I'm not going to read the parable of the sower, but you know the parable of the sower, everyone knows. So there's the the sowing. And then there's one specific one where it says that he sows seed on rocky ground, stone ground. And it says when Yeshua then explains the parable, he says, these are those who hear the word and receive it with joy, but they have no root in themselves. And so when the seed sprouts, there's no place for its roots to go. And then it just withers and dies. There's no depth. The of
0: seeds are, remember, defined as the knowledge of the kingdom of God. Those are the seeds that sown, right?
1: Yes. So what might happen? We might, so there are different kinds. We might actually receive prophetic word from God, but it can just come down to we see certain promises in the word. So obviously this is something that we now this is the word. It's been promised to us. There are promises, things that we can move into. But, if we don't go through the process of being sanctified, of being humbled, of our hearts being tested, and being purified, and our character being built, and if we aren't formed into his image, then it means that by the time we get to the place where we are supposed to inherit the promise, we might not be worthy of the promise.
0: Pause. Sure. Let everybody here, take a moment, say it again.
1: Okay. These promises in here are made to the sons and daughters of the Most High God. In other words, to inherit the promises, you have to walk, talk and be a son or daughter of the Most High God. So I might be baptized. A believer might be baptized. Yes, entering in. But if I don't grow, if I don't progress, then none of this is for me to just expect God to give it to me because I've been baptized and I'm a believer and I go to church and I sing and pray and read my Bible. We have to grow, be sanctified, grow into his character, have him increase and us decrease so that by the time we get to the place, by the time we've progressed to the place where we're supposed to inherit the promises, we have grown worthy of the promise. So it's not that we deserve god has promised this so i deserve this promise because it's been promised to me it's the other way around if god promises something to you and this could be something in the word or a prophetic word that was given to you specifically as an individual it's not that the word or the promise was given to you because of you being great it's an instruction, it's an encouragement, it's an invite for you to grow, for the believer to grow to a place of becoming worthy to inherit this promise, to walk out this part of the plan that God has gifted. Does that make sense? Mm. Does it link
2: with responsibility? Yes. <clears throat>
0: so as we, we said, as we, as we progress, so we're moving forward on this very narrow, determined road, your maturity increases, so your ability increases, your um, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, you strengthen with power and might, you're growing in the knowing knowing the will of God, understanding the will of God, you grow in knowing the word. It means that your, your, your ability has increased, so you should respond in correlation with your ability. Now what we want to do often is we want to re- respond in perfection, perfect response to God's ways that we don't actually yet understand. And that's why we get ourselves in trouble. Respond according to where you are at on the road and the ability that you have grown. The Holy Spirit has grown through the Word and ability in you. So if you sow a seed in the ground and the corn seed sprouts and you have this little plant with three leaves and this plant decides... I'm not going to waste time, I'm just going to bear fruit now. So it gets two la- large cobs of corn. What's On the, this
1: little piece of corn?: What's the
0: problem crops. with the plant? Why is, it, the, why is it necessary for the plant to grow up and have 20 leaves? What, why is that important? Why does he have to develop a thick stem and a deep system of roots there's a system in place yeah. there's
1: a lot of reasons <laughs>
0: there's a lot of reasons all the green leaves has to catch the sun rays to photosynthesize and to produce whatever is going to be needed to produce the corn crops. so now this little plant decides no way too long a process for me i'm better than this i'm just going to sprout to big corn crops it's not going to last two days what happens is going to srivel up, because it wants to put all its energy and potential into bearing fruit and nothing's going to happen. Dead plant, I've seen corn do that actually.
1: What if Abraham, walking through Canaan, not possessing it, right? Because the Lord said, I'm giving you this land, calling you out of where you are, taking you to the promised land. And we know that throughout Abraham's life, he never actually possesses the land, he just possesses one little piece for graves where he buries his wife and then he's buried there, that's what he possesses in the promised land. Okay, what if Abraham walks through this promised land and go like, oh my word, I can't believe I have to wait for like 500 years after I've died, then they're gonna come possess. No, that's not, no, I'm just gonna possess it now. Come on slaves, let's go, we're taking Canaan.
0: So there's two dangers on this road, two dangerous things to watch out for. The one is when we become sluggish. So day after day seems the same. So, you know, in the beginning I was running the race and now I'm going like, hey, it doesn't matter how fast I run. The days are just, I've got a lot of time. i still got 30 years. I know the Bible already. i become sluggish. Or the other one is when I actually start wanting to run ahead of God so you find yourself way over there on the road. The Holy Spirit is where He was going to be. He's so not going to go with you. All without the Holy Spirit right there. So it's still in you. The Holy Spirit is going to wait for you to fall on your face. Pride comes before or fall. These are the two things. So becoming sluggish and doing what you're not supposed to be doing. So somewhere in the middle there's this balance. How do we keep this balance? We've got to learn to understand his will, and hear his voice, and we've got to learn to be obedient. Mm -hmm. So what are we saying? That it says here, that the second generation learned from the first generation's mistakes. first generation spent 40 days, so they were growing up with these people in the desert, 40 years, and they saw their parents not inherit the promises. Does this sound familiar? And I know this is difficult for the older generation to admit. So we have two generations here today. It's pretty cool that we have so many young people for this teaching.
2: Mm.
0: Because the fact is, now I'm going to quickly, this is vulnerability and honesty. We're going to ask the older folk to help the younger folk understand. We're just going to be vulnerable and honest. So how many of you had to change your ways and your mind about how things work and who God is at a late age in life? John, thank you. Yeah. But we, by by repenting, we might not come into all the promises ourselves, but we have another generation that, and I can see this generation coming up, that has a very good chance of coming into God's promises why because they can see that us in our generation we didn't come into all God's promises did we so what did we leave what did our, the previous generation leave us we came into charismatic church what was charismatic attitude I'm gonna see the promise in the Bible I'm just gonna go I believe it I take it I claim it I proclaim it I prophesy it it's mine no, I don't want to learn the wisdom of manna. Way, it takes way too long. That's the generation that came out of the previous move of the Spirit. The quick and easy, it's my promises, I'm going to have it. And who moves and slides in to give them little lucky packet gifts? Satan does. And they became very satisfied with second-hand inheritance not God's inheritance and then they they taught us this instead of teaching us there's a order in God's ways we've got to learn to keep his commandments his statutes and his judgment observe them so we don't keep the law but we observe God's ways this takes patience patience is a major theme in the Bible The previous generation of churchgoers, they definitely didn't want to teach us patience because they didn't want to do it patiently. They went like, I've been a Christian for two years, I'm now going to raise the dead with my great faith that's based on nothing. That's what they did. So they were setting each other up for a fall, invading and invading and invading, just never crossing the river. And we are older now, we've learned the lesson. So we can teach the next generation what they don't want to learn. No, there's not a lot of people that's going to volunteer, teach me patience, teach me long-suffering, teach me wisdom. And most people, that's not what they're after. They, want to, they, want to, they, they come to church or they go to church and they go like, teach me how to get the promises now. And we cannot do that. We need to become the wise, older folk that learned this lesson the hard way. So, so, Charlene, just vulnerability. In the last three years, how much of your thinking and what you thought were right did you have to change? Did you have to change your mind on a few things?
2: Yeah, a lot of things.
0: Yeah. A lot of things. But we are, we are courageous enough to admit that we we had to change our mind doesn't help us pretending to the other the younger generation that we we had it right all along it's just you know the the, it's the second phase of the plan no we we had it wrong for a long time a lot of things we taught them were wrong so i want to bring us back to the principle of continuance because we're running out of time we have to make sure can you read listen to what it is said in we looked at peter now, listen to the rest of it. This is important. This is very valuable. So that, why? We've all made the same mistakes. We realize that something's out of sync with the Holy Spirit. Something is out of line. We're not positioned right. Mm-hmm. And then what, what all of us has done in the past is we try and we go into a process of fixing things.
1: Maybe just to add, it might not be... We've Feel or perceive that we're out of line.
0: It might yeah, that's very important to understand. Sometimes it's just because there's a process. He's teaching us humility, he's teaching us the principle of manner. Okay. So this is progression and continuance. So the manner principle is the principle of continuance. What what do we learn from the manner?
2: Mm.
0: Look. First week, it's amazing. Everybody, there's a stir in the camp. There's a big hua. This, the, they, they, they thought they were going to die of hunger. Fred. I mean, for the first week or two, this is the talk of the town. Everybody's talking about it. It's an excitement. You get up in the morning, early. Oh because my word! It's here again. It's manna. The miracle is happening. You taste it and you savor it in your mouth. People are, you know, that don't yet understand how it works. They go like. Gather too much, and then they, mm. the others are gathering too little. But the next, when they eat, they all have enough. They try and keep it till the next day, and it's rotten, full of worms. So they realize it's also a miracle. It's
1: like, oh my word, it's doing go. its own thing. Exactly. It's so cool.
0: So the first two weeks, great stuff. Six months, okay, now they're learning, okay, we can actually use this for different recipes. We can do different stuff. We don't like just have to eat it. it like this. Now we can start changing we can do like recipes okay. with this yep, okay we, we can do lasagna with quail <laughs> and you know Stack. all kinds of stuff so six months in they're learning about the manner six years in they're going like this is getting old
1: yeah you know. my taste buds are dying
0: okay uh, the husband's saying to wife are you getting the manner today no you go no, I don't what are, want you to go co- are,
1: you, are you making but manna again? If, you,
0: if nobody, let's send the kids. Okay, send the kids. Okay. So, 60 years later. Well. Well, it can't be. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Six,
0: 16. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 16.
0: 36. 16 years later, okay. What, did, what was. Why, does he, why is he saying that he taught them humility to keep his commandments and then he goes to manna? Why? There's continuance. This is God's plan. This is how it's going to be.
1: There's a continuance from God's side as well. His ways are known. His character is made known. His plan and His will is made known. He's not going to just snap and change and then tomorrow something different and then the day after something different. There's a continuance. He told them this is what's going to happen so it happens the way He said it's going to happen.
0: So now you guys are fighting for the right to have the baptism. You've got to now make sure that you know the scriptures so you get the right baptism. Remember, there was previous generations that also fought for the baptism. There was a time when nobody got baptized. And then there was a generation that had to reclaim the right to be baptized properly. And you know what happened? They still managed to see a change into a watered down baptism. So now we still have people dunked, but they come out of the water, they have three days of, oh, I'm baptized, then it's boring, and they go back to the, the way they were. We don't want that. You've seen that. You see, because it's not the biblical baptism. Biblical baptism is God's way. You have you could, there's only one baptism, you have to die, and that's hard. Your flesh is going to resist it. You're going to have to go through an inner fight and in a war If there's no war before the baptism inside of you, then it wasn't a baptism. Because the flesh and the spirit are going to clash with each other and you going to choose on the inside, I would rather die than not have eternal life and not have the Lord inside of me. And that's when you come to a place where you are willing to die for your faith. And in the baptism water, you really die. And you put all your trust because you know His promises are for you, His voice called you. You know why people get successful baptisms? Because we know one thing. I know I'm not worthy. I know I don't deserve this. But He called me. His voice called me. I'm the one that was called. That's all I know. And if He called me to the water, He's going to resurrect me. It's my promise is because He called me. That's what has to develop in a person's heart. And it's for that baptism we're fighting for, to get it back. The days. It should end, the time should end where you know how many thousand teenagers are being baptized every year and it's not a baptism.
1: Nothing
0: and then they struggle for all the rest of their lives, maybe for 10 years, 15 years, because they don't know why things are not working out. They can't serve God because they go, but I was baptized, but I was baptized. They ask people the question, they go like, don't worry about it, you were baptized. Just walk it out in faith, but it wasn't a real baptism. People are being told they were fought with the Holy Spirit because they start speaking in tongues. There's a demonic tongue as well. And I tell you what, you know when someone has been baptized, he can, he can prophesy, he can declare who God is. That's how you know they were properly baptized. They are led by the Spirit. And there's, there's, a, there's a war and a struggle to grow into the things of God. When it's all jumping up and down, singing Sunday after Sunday, and everyone's feeling good for the next 10 years, that is not God's way. Not biblical. I'm sure you guys can see in the Bible, that's not God's way. I'm not saying we don't feel good. When I'm in the presence of the Lord, and, and He's talking with me, there's no better feeling, better experience than that to be had anywhere. But if I have to go to church to be charged up, to get excited, and then... Uh, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm just back in the flesh, so I'm waiting Sunday when the music play I'm gonna feel great again. That's not the real deal. It's just the music. It is just another mm-hmm. system. So we've gotta be careful. So the manner, the manner lesson, the principle of continuance is this. We learn to appreciate the manner every day and see it for what it is, God's provision. And it doesn't change and it doesn't get You see this is how, you know, someone's in trouble today. They have a prophetic word tomorrow. They have uh, this new mission from God. I'm going to go do this great thing a week later. They forgot about that thing. Now they're moving on to the next thing. Uh, I've seen that and I've seen all kinds of uh, excitement. You see, there's an order with God
1: continuance.
0: There's a continuous. So this is the principle of continuance. Order. Once that's the way you walk, step by step. Okay. So can you demonstrate for us how you walk with, without using both legs? Just do that. Well, I, can, I can demonstrate
2: lifting.
0: No, oh, you, you. You <laughs> He's have gonna to walk in his hand. You have to keep both feet on the ground, but you're only allowed to walk with one leg. No, both oh, feet um, have to yeah. stay on the ground.
1: Like in one place
2: though.
0: <laughs> well you can do that or you can do this. <laughs>
2: but you said both feet that really not on, on the ground. ground. Okay. How do you jump so you see, on the
1: ground?
0: There's there's certain principles. Walking has to be done in a certain way. Okay, have you noticed how most people do it the right way? Then you have some <laughs> you have some people that decide normal walking is not for me i'm going to be cooler than that and i'm going to reinvent walking so the fact is (laughs) okay this is this is something to understand when it comes to god's ways the word is the word his spirit is always going to follow god's order always always when people come to me and say oh the holy spirit is telling me this and this and it's not in line with god's word in his ways i'm going that's not the Holy Spirit. You're being deceived by either your own flesh. So the, the, the principle of continuance is very important and it's so simple. It's almost hard to define. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed? Okay, now I want to comment on something. Just set the record straight. If you have been listening to all the teachings, we're not saying don't do that. You're going to get out of sync with what mm-hmm. we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain what we do? But very, very,
1: okay, very short. So here's the thing. If you listen to an old teaching that's fine but it's not to hear something extra to what we're doing now because what we're doing now is like it's a bit boring and it's like dragging on and like i have extra time so i can do something else as well so i'm going to listen to some old teachings to like gain extra wisdom on the side that's a bad idea because then you start getting busy with your own thing and the problem is you're still busy with the things of god so it might not seem like the wrong approach You can listen to old teachings, you can watch older teachings or things that we did, but listen to it then with the mindset of okay, we're doing this now, let's listen to this, do it in an orderly way, not also just jumping around, but in an orderly way trying to see how this lines up with what we're doing now. Does it add depth to what we're doing now? Oh yes, this sounds cool. I'll make a mental note so that when they say something in line like that again, then I can go back and look at this, write it down somewhere, so you don't forget. But don't get distracted with something else. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so when it comes to this one topic, we're speaking, and it's been a a topic of this a topic of discussion. Yeah. People have been saying, how do you know you're just not in sync and you're not in continuance when you start getting busy with something? that looks like God, the Word, whatever. It's just not what the rest of the body are busy with. It's just not necessarily... So the Lord does speak to us and work with us individually. But it will be in context to what He's doing to the body. Always in context to the body. Okay, I'm going to introduce this. This is laying layers down. This goes to next week's teaching. Next week, we're going to just step a little bit aside from the principle series... Because I, f- I did feel that we need to explain the different realms and how you enter through from this realm to the spiritual realm. A lot of people have, over the years asked me, how, how, do I, how do I get into the throne room? How do I have a throne room experience? How do I have an experience of a spiritual nature? Because I want those experiences. At the time, and I suspect many of us are again longing to be able to come operate in both ROMs because we're supposed to express spirit and so I'm going to explain how the ROMs work, where the danger zones are, what the steps are, what to do, what not to do next week. It's going to be a deep, deep series okay, or a deep deep teaching. Okay. So I want to introduce this just as first layer. I want to, in the week to come just meditate on this. So, the way that God works with a believer is uh, according to one of two things. God's expressed will. So, we all want to do God's will. There's God's expressed will, and then there's God's impressed will. Is how it works. Often, and this has happened a lot in the past, people would come to me and say, I feel the Holy Spirit says I have to withdraw and just sit with Him for a month. On my own, I'm not gonna to come to meetings anymore because the Lord won't speak to me on my own. That was Satan speaking to you. does it line up with this word? These words do not forsake the, the word okay, do not oh, I'm just gonna you know I feel I just should just spend time with the lord in my on my own. you know he's busy teaching me all this stuff out of the word. I'm getting so much revelation and there's something wrong with that. Okay. So God's expressed will is His Word. If you want to know God's will, this is His expressed will. It's been expressed. Been, been finalized, been explained, been said. Expressed. The Word of God, the written Word of God, the record of God's words and His actions. Expressed will. It has been expressed. He expressed it to the Son. He became the Word. He manifested it on earth. Then He imparted it. He signified it through prophets and apostles right there's a second layer of his expressed word that is the fivefold leadership in the body the fivefold care, the fivefold servitude this is how it works there's the expressed written word then he has it says that the Lord himself gives to the body the fivefold and the fivefold leadership over the body will continue to express God's will by explaining, by teaching, by leading, by prophesying, to help the body understand God's expressed will. And then there's the impressed will. This is where God impresses His will on your heart individually.
1: So within the framework of His expressed will, obviously, there's movement.
0: So the impressed will are always subject to the expressed will. So you bring the impressed will back to the expressed will. What does the leadership, the fivefold leadership, say about the interpretation of God's word and his order? What does the word in its totality say about the impression that I have? Right. Now if though if the if the Expressed will written, the total word of God, and the interpretation and leading and guidance and witness of the leadership, if they witness with each other and they agree, and your impressed impression of the Holy Spirit of God's will agrees with that, then it's probably right. Then you can trust it and continue in it. But if your impressed will is out of sync and out of line, out of agreement with the fivefold leadership and witness and the totality of the word, then your impressed will is not His will. Remember that for next week. We're going to pick up on that. So this is how you know. But for now, let's just recap on continuance. Can you, we've got to read Peter. We have to honor what the Lord has given us. So I said, Lord, what do we teach this week? He gave me the scripture in Deuteronomy 8. And then he gave me the scripture. And to Peter, he said, don't complicate it too much. That's it. Okay, so read the scripture.
1: Okay, to Peter, chapter 3. <coughs> Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Saviour, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Can I continue? Can I read it to the end?
0: Do you do you hear what it's saying? Is according to what Peter is warning them, said that it is a danger, humanity, and there's going to be teachers and there's going to be a lot of people that's going to do the same thing, say the same thing, minister the same thing. They're going to come and say, Well, everything's just continuing the way it is. Okay.
1: Like, yes, the end is coming, but not really coming.
0: So, so humanity knows how oh, the end is maybe coming. The church remembers it, but they're not living accordingly. They're not acting accordingly. Mm. Uh, uh, the church is not busy preparing the generations to come for the end times. They're not. Now, what are they busy doing? Let's get a blessing today. Mm. Let's get your Focused finances sorted out, your job, your car. Have you seen all the cars driving around these days with these stickers on the back? This is the year of your blessing, blessed beyond a curse, all that kind of mindset. They are not even mindful at all about repenting so that we can become... Okay. So the promise that we look at. So there was a promise for the Israelites to enter into the promised land. You would think after all those years in the desert, they would be prepared when the moment came that they would go, here we are, we understand. We have spent years learning God's ways. They pitch up at the point where the the Lord tells them, now go over the Jordan, take the land, and they're not ready. It says here, what Peter is saying is, don't forget, people say things have continued since the beginning. It hasn't continued. There has been a judgment.
1: Noah.
0: Noah built that ark for how long?
1: Almost a hundred years. But here's the interesting thing about Noah, because it says, can I go in Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter on faith, it says that none of those were perfected without us. They didn't actually receive the fullness of the promises, which is very important. Um, Nowadays, as he's saying now, the church's attitude is, well, you know, how do we step into the blessings for us now? We see the, the promises are here, so we want it for us now. And on Thursday night we spoke about the body stretching across generations from the beginning to the end. So the body isn't just the body in our generation and then when our generation doesn't reach perfection then okay we die and then the next generation tries again as the body to come to perfection. There's actually a progression, a continuance from the beginning to the end of the age of the body growing up, coming to fullness and we looked a bit at that. So if we look for instance at Noah He's 500 years old it seems when the Lord says to him just and he's so the Lord shows up says to him the world has grown corrupt I'm going to destroy humankind I'm going to destroy the world by the world so judgment is coming and you need to build an ark and this is the instructions on how to build it so no one knows judgment is coming he knows what's going to happen he knows what he has to do and then for a hundred years it seems that he builds the ark and we have no record that God speaks to him at all in that time. Only when the ark is done, God says to him, okay, now get into the ark. And he doesn't even build the ark so that he can see the promises fulfilled in his life. He's doing this for the generations that come after him. Because if he doesn't build the ark, then humankind doesn't continue, which means the seed of God doesn't continue, which means that no one steps into the promises. So for a hundred years, he's building this ark for the generations that will come after him. So imagine, so first week, your Wife, I got a word from the Lord. I'm gonna build a ship and I'm gonna save the human race. This is gonna be amazing. Like two weeks getting my supplies, got oh a hammer, God. got a jigsaw, like I'm um, <laughs> the man. Going to build this warehouse, things are going great. Like happy days, got all my equipment. Two months later, it's like, yes, okay, I feel I'm getting a workout, getting fit. First tree
0: th- chopped down two months,
1: like yes. yes. Two that years, right. two years later, it's going like,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to hear it anymore
1: I'm, I'm I've been hearing ship. about
0: this arc for two years I'm tired of it where are you going now to I'm going
1: to the ship okay no. after Wait. five years later still hammering away sawing 15 years later
2: okay
0: this is at this point where the wife decides I've got a great idea for the curtains And the decal? Like no no, there was no
1: instruction for this, don't you dare. 20 years, he's probably going like, do we really need like two of every kind of animal? I'm sure the world can survive without like reptiles. So what if we just, (laughs) we just half the thing, like honestly, that wouldn't be that bad. We don't need insects, like that's going to take up some space. We just half the thing, really. After 40 years, still building the ship, he's not even halfway. 40 years okay 60 years what's happening here and it's him 60 years 70 years 90 years this is longer than most people live he's still building this ship and then the ship is built god doesn't go like Noah. well done my son you've been so faithful and this is a beautiful ark i'm so impressed with the way you built it and you were steadfast and faithful now please get into the ark so that I can save you. No, the ark is done and God goes, okay, now get in. Uh, Come in here. Come come inside now. And then he's in the ark for how long? Almost a year with all these animals, his wife and his family. And then he gets out and then that's it.
0: Okay, so do we get continuance?
1: So, okay, but sorry, so the point that I wanted to make here is that we see promises and we continue and we grow steadfastly and we do become mature and there is it is true that there are promises for the individual believer in his or her life that is true and we we're not denying that at all and we do strive for those things and believe for those things but there's also this truth of us growing anyway maturing anyway continuing anyway even if we don't see all the fullness Of the promises manifesting in our lives, because there is going to come a generation. The end is on its way, and we are going to prepare so that even if we die before the end comes, the generations that come after us will have something to build on.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So we We, become the ark. That's the whole point of the ark. We are the ark, but we come like. Halfway, or three quarters, and then the generations after us, they finish the ark. But the body is the ark. That's
0: we are building an ark. Remember, Noah's ministry was to us. The whole ark represents Messiah and us being baptized into Messiah. There's judgment, but there's safety in Messiah. That was the message. The world has changed the message to invite him into your heart and and you'll be saved that's no that uh, noah's testimony all his work for for all that time was for us so we can understand the difference between the false gospel and the true gospel he built an ark carefully steadfastly patiently when the judgment came god provided him with safety but who had to build noah had to build god wanted to save them yes but noah had to go through the steps So we've got to understand the gospel right. And we are busy in our generation constructing an ark for the next generation. Mm. It's the same. It's the picture of grace, the circle. We see it all through. God puts them in a garden, safe place. In the end of the story, there's the new Jerusalem. That's grace. Ark is grace. The basket is grace. The Israelites under the cloud is grace. That's the picture of grace. We've got to get it right. Now, why do we not get slack? Because there is another promise that's lying ahead of us. For the body. And that is Him returning. We've got to understand that there's going to be judgment. There is a safe place for God's people. But there is a return. And we have to be living, preparing God's people. What will He return for? This is where we want to end off. Now everybody just think, do we know, we, all, we are commanded to live as if He's going to return, to look forward and hasten the day of the Lord. What is He returning for? His perfected bride. He, and He is returning for judgment as well. But He's returning for His perfected bride. What is the highest purpose of our lives as His body? To perfect, see the bride perfected. And that's what Peter is talking about. What is he saying? He starts off warning them and reminding them by saying what? Read the first bit.
1: Beloved, I now write to you the second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder.
0: Stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. Take note, yes.
1: That you may be mindful of the words which are spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles, of the Lord and Saviour.
0: What do we have to be mindful of? How do we remain steadfast? How do we progress and how do we continue correctly? Mindful of what? That's why we had to reestablish and restore
2: the authority
0: of the Old Testament. Because he, Peter says, be mindful of the words of the prophets and of us, the apostles.
1: This is the whole word.
0: Okay. So Please go and meditate on what this continuance looks like. We, sometimes we learn about what the right way is by how we've gotten it wrong in the past. So go and meditate on how we got it wrong in the past. Okay, remember the zigzag road as opposed to the straight road.
1: Um, right, be blessed. on the mind is activated, and this is where it becomes
0: really, really difficult. So we will not act unjustly towards an unbeliever in any way. But when an unbeliever is acting unjustly towards us, we go and we see what is the wisdom according to the entire scriptures, <coughs> all the scriptures. So have you treated with a, a non sorry, an unbeliever, sorry, a believer that just refuses to. A believer? Yeah, yeah. This is how, now it comes to the point where you have to define what a believer is. Mm-hmm. And now it becomes really interesting. Because <laughs> yeah, if he was a believer, he would uh, fulfill the word of God. We you wouldn't, you wouldn't have be having this discussion if he was a believer. <laughs> so firstly, I would go and uh, if he it says he's a believer, then the procedures apply. You go, you speak to him, you say, you say, you're a believer, in the sight of God, I charge you, uh, pay me what you owe me. If he uh, refuses or ignores you, you take another believer with, you and brother with, and you go, uh, uh, on the testimony of two, I'm charging you, do you owe me this money or not? Uh, You do it openly, directly, straight out. On a third account, if he doesn't uh, respond, then you take it to court, if he says he's a believer. In the process that you um, initiate, you would have the opportunity to call him. What does the word say? In the sight of God, can you act the way you do and are you acting righteously? He would have a uh, an opportunity outside of court to say why he's acting in the way. Especially if you take another believing brother with, then we could uh, bring a testimony against him on the other if you're a believer, brother, I'm giving you the opportunity to repent. If you don't repent, then we are about to consider you as an unbeliever, and that's when you are taken to judge to, to or to court. <laughs>
2: so, I suppose this all about your heart condition in terms of, you know.
0: This about righteousness and justice, which are uh, pillars of the kingdom. And uh, Satan has been conditioning Christians to think that certain things in the Bible just. Delivers us to the mercy of the world. The Philistine, it remains a Philistine, nothing has changed. If a Muslim attacks my family, I will kill him. I will not turn the other cheek. He does that. And Sam, I will not turn the other cheek for him. But when a believing brother that is the seed, maybe in his unbelieving state, and then I will turn the cheek because that's what the other should ask us to do. I will stay, turn the cheek, then turn the other one and I will stay until I can share the truth with them. The whole point of turning the other cheek is not getting beaten up. It's don't turn your back, do run away, don't cry, don't talk about uh, the answer in back, don't retaliate, stay until he's done and then love him. That's the whole point down it. It's not so you can get slapped. So we actually go to the person that's doing wrong well and we address it. In love, but in righteousness. You're not doing him any favours by saying, I oh, forgive you for owing the money, go ahead and do it to someone else, and then he'll do it again. He will compound his sin. You have the opportunity to stay, to stand, and to help. Okay. Sorry? I want to
2: ask, would we really. Slay someone? What? Wait. Just asking. I mean, I was actually surprised that you're that. Someone attacks you. I don't know.
0: If it became necessary and uh, I'm in fact, I attacked me, I would like, Without question, without thinking twice. If it was necessary. Did you say, how? Hey, is um, um, Is there a card book that I
2: didn't get that? Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. son. Okay, okay. I I thought
0: there was some sort of code <laughs> 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 for <laughs> <laughs> So I know that sounds surprising, but you can't try and love, you can't and love the Philistine. You, you can love the Philistine all you want. He's gonna remain the Philistine and he will stab you in the back. Mm-hmm. What did uh, King David so King David is he under the old covenant or the new covenant? Mm-hmm. What does he do when he has to uh, stay with the Philistines? They send him out. He goes and he kills other Philistines, take their stuff, take it back. And, and he kills protects.
1: all of them so that no one can go back and report and say, David is doing this thing, killing all the Philistines. So he makes sure that he kills every last one of the tribe that he's going to, so that no one can snitch, so that he can continue killing them.
2: <laughs> one story. And then, and then you
1: have the other side, King Saul, like openly persecuting him, wanting to kill him, and David doesn't lay a hand. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't, because he says he's being told. Oh, yeah. Same yeah. covenant,
0: same, same covenant, everlasting covenant doesn't change, it's just for pork. Sure. So we can understand the difference. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't understand the seed and the election, then we would be in big trouble. We would try and love everybody the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing biblical about it. <coughs> sure. So the two witnesses, okay, just to finalise covenant uh, thinking. The two witnesses in Jerusalem at the end of time. What did they do? Are they killing people? I am already
1: not problem <laughs> here
2: Prophesy. <laughs> 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 like, me me to they not They kill. No like the murderers. No, but they have to prophesy. And
1: if anyone is going to interrupt them or come against them or come at them, then they will kill them because they have to prophesy. <laughs> Here we are. You go left. I start right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, not no, not so that one. No, no this one is far But anyway, so, so, okay, that's the thing. So we see from the beginning there's an aspect that Christians forget about, and that's the two witnesses have to witness and prophesy. What are they prophesying? They're prophesying against the system, against Babylon, against the world, against the beast, and people are trying to come against them. They kill them. They're not turning the other cheek. Now you might say, well, that's just valid for the two witnesses. I'm a witness. So firstly, I would would speak the truth to the person, reminding them. I'm not going to tell them, look, I love you, and that's why you have to pay my money. I'm going to tell them, there is judgment, and we're all heading to judgment, so you need to reconsider your ways. I don't care about the money primarily. Why are you resisting God? You know that I have covenant this will ruin you. I'm doing you a favour by asking you mm-hmm. to pay my money so that you are not judged. Mm-hmm. If he then refuses and says, okay, then I'm going to minister judgment to you right now. You don't have to slay him. All you have to do is extend the truth to him. The covenant will do the rest. He will be slain.
2: And if they generally can't afford to pay, you forgive it? Do they own dogs? No!
0: <laughs> I don't have money, but I can give you my dogs. Is that, is that, do you know if dogs? I don't know.
2: I have not know um. Usually
0: people that can't afford to buy own dogs, and they still buy the dogs fruits that
2: they can pay. Mm. They're also smart. You see, you I don't have a heart for that. I don't have a heart for that.
0: I don't like to do. Wait until you baptize. I love people, I just don't love them from my flesh.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's useless. Mm But I hear what you're saying from the spiritual side that you're not doing them favors. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: They'll continue in their simple ways and harm others. Mm -hmm. They should, if they ever encounter a true believer and they act wrongfully toward them, it's something they should remember for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you do harm to a son of God and get away with it? Mm-hmm. At the very least, they should be moved by the type
2: I think that's enough for today. Wait, that's cool, please. Just one more. <laughs> just, just, sorry. I've just been thinking about it. I'm almost feeling like in... where I could not understand is by... my car was for Charlene, but uh, I was perceiving that she could make... Um, um, she could use the principle of continuance in a good way. Uh, by trusting the Lord, but I think that I actually broke the principle of continuous by thinking that we can pray uh, instead of allowing the Lord to, it's 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 unfolding of His will. So we cannot be doing works here and there. Yes, my part is for her, but my part is for the body. That's why my part is for her. So, so I think I could not perceive that uh, That would also be doing not the right thing by seeing that she's not doing the right thing, but I was actually not doing the right thing by thinking that I can somehow, by praying that she gets the revelation, fix it. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So maybe just I could not see that I was seeing it right. Perception was not one side, it was the one side. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you good? That was good. <laughs> <laughs>